after hours yesterday. Not That's after hours. But. All right, so we're live. Another another show here for our viewers. Go to our YouTube channel, Rolling Market Mashup. Subscribe. Tell your family. Tell your friends. We're <laughs> uh, liking what we're doing here. We're up to some good things. But anyway, quick recap of yesterday: the market was sort of in negative territory all day, but at the end kind of squeezed out into positive range, at least on the S&P and NASDAQ. Dow was down a little bit. And it was kind of, uh, there was not really much going on yesterday. It was kind of a flat day for the most part, which I guess is a good thing. And then today, the futures look to be up, looks to be a good day. Um, the news that popped up on my radar that might cause the market to be up a little is China is increasing their farm purchases from the U.S. and kind of came out and said that they plan on honoring the trade deal. So that could be positive. In other news, China is, and I know we talked about this earlier in the week, but it seems like they're almost in an all-out war with India, and not just India, but when you look at what's going on between China and the United States, it's just one of the many things that they're dealing with. They, uh, you know, have been slashing Australian imports, and they seized coral reefs in South China, and they've been turning them into islands, alienating themselves even more. They sunk a Vietnamese fishing vessel, and obviously they're at arm's length with Britain because of the Hong Kong situation. So it almost seems like China is kind of dealing with eight, nine, ten different conflicts simultaneously with everyone around the world. And I don't know if that maybe strengthens our relationship with countries like India or what it does. We already have a very India is a you know a democracy. So they're naturally more leaning towards a, an alliance with the US that's not forced based on their actual belief system. So they definitely have more of a United States democracy and they're trying to be more like us. So that's, that's well, when you look at the culture there too, they, you have all these startups popping up, like the people out there are innovators like crazy, not like they're not in China, but they're not, you know, repressed from being yeah. able to just run and they're trying to give their people the opportunity. And then I also think the other thing that might be going on behind the scenes is I think there's a lot of big time money managers that have been short this market that might just be getting exhausted from their short positions. And I think if you see a short squeeze at these levels, that could be ultimately what propels the market into that next higher range. Because if you take a close look, we're still kind of fighting that range that we came down from when the market went down 1800 points last week. So we haven't quite broken through and it looks like we're trying to. And if we do, it looks like the market might be trying to test new highs. So that'll be interesting to see. Yesterday, I mean, there's a lot of stocks that we've been talking about on the show that seem to be in breakout mode. I well, mean, you want, I think we should also discuss the China, the green light that JP Morgan got for the futures business out there, because that when you think about the trade agreement and really what the brass tacks of what Trump's been trying to push is opening up the floodgates for foreign investments. So right off the bat, that I have to ask you is JPM, do you look at that going in the news like that as a good opportunity to buy? with some momentum from that. Yeah, you know, I don't know how much that's going to affect the stock. I mean, it's good news for JP Morgan overall. <clears throat> but but in, the world we live in, that psychologically, you always talk about how that's how the market works, right? And that's where 
I think the world we're in with so much FOMO, someone sees a headline like that and naturally they're like, oh, JPM, that's huge. Yeah, well, it's, you know, it's definitely in the positive uh, category. The banks have just not been acting great. Um, they need something to get them going. I think there's a worry that the, uh, you know, after all these loans, you know, if some of these loans don't work out, that they may have to cut dividends. And I think that's kind of a cloud over the, the entire banking area. And that's why these stocks have been held back. Well, and maybe in, addition, they, in addition, they have not been able to do their buybacks. You know, they've been prohibited from buying back stock, which has been a huge buyer over the history for the banks, them buying themselves. So, you know, those two things are kind of the cloud over the banks right now, but hopefully they'll get through that. Uh, one thing to mention today is uh, it's triple witching hour, which sometimes it means something, sometimes it doesn't, but it does create uh, a lot of you know, supply demand at the opening and the close. What uh, is that? The, op are the options expiring? Yeah, the futures, the stock options and the stock future expiration today. So you get people that go over into the next category, which is three months out and the unwinding and putting on new positions sometimes creates, uh, you know, dramatic moves short term. Overall, it means nothing, but it's something to be aware of if you're day trading. So basically what you're saying is today could be a day where the market opens up maybe 350 points, then maybe goes into negative territory and then maybe yeah. comes back and finishes high. Nobody knows. It's right. Day it sounds, actually, that sounds like a regular day anyway, doesn't it? It, it definitely is a regular day. Well, maybe today is a bit more volatile than normal. Yeah. I'll tell you yesterday alone, and I know it's been – so I talked about a couple of days ago how I – you know, kind of lightened up my positions a little bit because I was essentially all in on margin and I just didn't want to be. And that's given me more flexibility to move in and out of stocks and day trade. And I had a field day yesterday with Chewy and with Penn. Just oh, yeah. Yeah. Moving in and out, moving in and out. I was in and out of Penn three different times and in and out of Chewy twice. And ultimately, I didn't get out of my final positions of Penn and Chewy until the close pen started to kind of dip down at the end of the day. And when it did, I doubled down and then tripled down on my trade. And then like it normally does after hours shot up and I was able to get out just under 33, which was a massive gain over a dollar gain on the shares, which when I say over a dollar gain, that's about two and a half percent. And then Chewy, similar thing, uh, looking more into it with Chewy, there was a lot of insider selling and that's not necessarily new with them. I think it's um, routine insider selling where you have the executives who have a lot of the shares and they're selling because it's how they make money and make a and living. And also a lot of times with those situations, they're not some execs can't sell till a certain date. I think that's something our followers and listeners need to pay attention to also where you're dead on, Dan. It's not always negative news. Like sometimes profits like the DraftKings things the other day taking profits off the table when yeah. you're able to after a huge run up. That's not always bad. And yeah. we've said go ahead. The compensation from these companies is given in stock options and it's automatic selling. 
so they could live. Yeah, know? they have to have we, livelihoods. So and it, yeah, and we've said before on uh, like on this show to pay more attention to when CEOs who rarely buy stock buy their stock versus sell. Because if you look at the history of even Chewy this morning, like when I saw that there was insider selling this week, and then you look at the different times there's been insider selling, it happens all the time. And it's, again, these these executives have so much stock that they need to sell in order to just live off of it. You see the same thing with Salesforce. I mean, I've never seen so much insider selling at Salesforce really in the last year and a half. It just never stops. And you think, oh, is this a warning sign? It's really not. It's just that they have so much stock that they need to get rid of it. So that's uh, pens just continue to be such a interesting day trading stock. I mean, how about Fiverr? I was just out of yeah, Fiverr. It's pronounced Fiverr because it's technically like five dollars on it, so Fiverr. But Fiverr is a company that we first brought up what six, seven months ago before the market dipped hard when it was trading like around 22 before we even started this podcast, really. And the yeah, reason Dan and I were in around 20. Yeah, the reason that we first started talking about it was because our company started using it a lot. And one of our investment principles is if something is impacting your day-to-day -day life or you're seeing it with your business firsthand, chances are that applies to the masses. And we weren't wrong with Fiverr. I'll admit that when the pandemic started, it was one of the stocks I got out of because I looked at it as a major small business tool. And I thought small businesses were going to be cutting back on luxury type services, like getting videos and marketing videos made and stuff like that. We cut back on it. I was wrong. Their business went up. So I, I found a time to get back in. Yesterday, the stock was up 10%, which was massive. And that's- I was amped. I timed that. I got in two days ago, right before this next real run up. So I'm, I'm up huge in two days here. Yeah. So that's the kind of stock that's got serious moves and has been- And it has more moves. When you think about the world we're in, they've expanded services. They've made- what I love what Fiverr's done. Like Dan, when we were getting into the animation- game a bit when you were dabbling with that it, it they've expanded their horizons with price points to like open up the floodgates to let way more people be on there and make sense of using them so i no joke i saw a guy on the street yesterday i didn't even tell you this with a sign a, a homeless person that was raising money for a tablet to work on fiber it was Damn. literally i should have taken a picture of it and i saw that and i'm like wow that right there is it's hard to, you know, not be in a stock when you see that on the street. Yeah, seriously. So here's the here's the chart. Obviously, it's broken out really, really hard. But now that it's, it's gone over 70, it seems like there's more room to break. Like well, that, it, that's like the new breakout. What I was going to say is it, it kind of consolidated a bit once it got up to 60. And then they actually did a share offering at 60 per share, which to me gave me a little bit of confidence to see that at 60 per share and not like 50 or 45. I mean, I, I don't think this stock is necessarily going to go way back down. It obviously could, but... They are one of these companies that when they went public, it wasn't some insane valuation. I think when you talk- And they also flew under the radar. If you remember, they came out hot with that whole five campaign a few years ago, like a decade ago, where you could get things done for five bucks in the early Facebook advertising days. And then they just kind of fell under the radar. And then me and you, Dan, when we started using them with what we were tapping into a few months ago, you know, it's like, oh, okay. And yeah, the rule of thumb, like you said, if you're using something, everybody, 
that's a great indication to get in on a stock. You know, Warren Buffett's always been big on that with his Coca-Cola addiction. But that that's a great rule of thumb because yeah. at the end of the day, this is a prime example of that. And it's the gig economy we're in. And, we're to, add to, yeah. and to add to that, they still are flying under the radar. It's not a company you really hear people talking about on TV. It doesn't really come up much in oil on this bandwagon. Well, well and, that, and that's the interesting thing about it is when a stock eventually starts to get recognized by the masses – you know, maybe it then has a whole nother leg. But in saying that, it seems like the the FOMO effect traders are way more interested in stocks that start at 50 cents that have the potential to run up to four bucks than they do in these types of names. So agree with this too. It's not even with things pick up with like the virus uptick, the narrative really works for the advantage of Fiverr either way when you think definitely. about it. So yeah. that, that's what's awesome about this. There's a lot of protection off narratives. Dad, anything you're looking at today? Well, just, just the one thing to note on the Fiverr is that, you know, it is getting extended beyond the 50-day pretty far, which is usually you want it to consolidate a little bit before making a major position. I mean, if you're going to do this long-term, great. Um, but I wouldn't, like, go all in with a full position here. I would wait for some kind of pullback, which you may not get. But this I mean, I, I got in this at uh, $64 two days ago. So again, yeah. I, I look at that at this point as a holding. And right now it's trading at 70. So, I mean, it's a little- I mean, what do you do in that position? Do you just hold there, dad? Or would you take the quick profits and wait for a lower entry again? Well, that depends on what your goal is. If you're looking to day trade or swing- My trade. goal is to make as much money as possible. <laughs> that, that's my goal. Then, then you just buy Apple uh, as of uh, two years ago and go on vacation forever. Or Penn Gaming in March and dump all my life savings yeah. in. No, I mean, look, what you do in the, each individual situation is totally dependent on how are you trading and what are your goals. And, you know, if you're trying to make as much money as possible and you made five points in a few days, you take half the profits and look for something else that hasn't had that kind of move. Because there's a good chance that this thing tries to make a new high, which is 73 and a half, and then backs off. You know, it's just, you can't go straight up in a straight line. And what if it doesn't back off? If it gets through that resistance, what so do you, you learn? You look for something else. So based on what you're saying, that brings up my next point. Because, Mike, I know you bought Spotify yesterday into some serious strength. It's obviously up a little bit more after hours. I mean, Dad, what are your thoughts on this chart? It's been getting a lot of love on TV. Well, that's um, another example, though, Dan, of a company. Like, I pay for Spotify. I use it every day. Well, I know. It should have been in a year ago. That yeah. doesn't change what Dad was kind of just talking about. Dad, take us through your opinion on this chart here. Well, this is a stock that um, – Let's see. It made an, a brand new high yesterday, didn't it? Oh, yeah. What they've been doing with who they've brought on exclusively, when you think of what that does for their overall exposure to the world, it already yeah. is huge. They're, they're just a behemoth. I know people in the music industry very well that it's clear Spotify is on the level of an Apple could buy them at any point. Yeah, well, this, this, is, this is a real interesting chart. It's almost a classic. Uh, not the one you're looking at because it's difficult to read it, but I'm looking at a chart where I'm on a one-year chart 
and I've got the 50 day and the 200 day. And this stock has made a double bottom at about uh, 110-ish, that area. And it bounced off hard and hasn't looked back. But what it also did, it kind of went up in a straight line for a while, which you could see at the end of your chart here. And then it formed like a, um, a flag formation, they call that, or a penance. And usually when a stock moves up, uh, you know, in a straight line and then forms a flag or pennant, and the longer that pennant is, the more powerful the next move is. So this one broke out on the upside. So you can expect the same move it made on the downside to start that pennant uh, to be on the backside here. So whatever that move was, let's say... Um, so you're talking about when it basically went in a straight line from yeah. 148 all the way up to about 190. Yeah, I mean, basically it, it went from a straight line to about 120 up to um, 175 to 190. And then it kind of traded back and forth between 190 and 175 for quite some time. And then it broke out above 190 and yesterday it hit 230. So you can make a case that that same move up to the pennant will happen on the top side. So, I mean, I'm getting pretty technical, but you could have a move of 50 points from the upper end of the uh, flag formation, let's say the 190 area to about 240. So maybe it has another 10 points before it consolidates again. But that's yeah, I'm, I'm looking at that as a quick cash in and out. Part of what I was talking to Dan about yesterday, I love gaining the momentum on some of this FOMO effect that the world we live in, just putting myself in anyone's shoes with a, the news of a Kardashian, a Rogan, the, that's the world we live in. And yeah. I, I think it just draws people to a name like this, not to mention who's not on Spotify. I don't know many people that don't use Spotify. I've paid for that service for years. I love that they're based in Sweden. When you look at that company, they're, uh, it seems like an either an, a takeout target at some point or just an ongoing behemoth. Like I know we've talked about Shopify a lot. It's Spotify time too. Yeah, and I mean, Portnoy's been talking about this stock, by the way. Who? Portnoy. I mean, Portnoy knows some stuff. It's not like he's a schmuck. Well, he just, he just gets tips on, you know, what's moving, right? Well, yeah, it's but it's also the culture. Spotify is just a thing that's it's a sticking point. You know, that name and brand, so, they do a lot. I'm going to take this opportunity to bring up another stock that I've spoken about before on this show. So this is a company that Warren Buffett, took it a pretty aggressive stake in a few weeks ago, still flying under the radar. No one's really talking about it. He took the stake right about where it is now, maybe just under. And this is Liberty Media. The symbol is LSXMK. And they're a holding group. And they, they own equity in Sirius XM. They own equity in a lot of different media companies. And it, it's I own a lot of this. I, I'm, I'm riding it with Buffett, I, I think. You know, I'm along that too, Dan. I got in that with you. Not has, too much, but hasn't been doing a total uh, too much. But then also, I'm curious because this is another big Buffett stock, Siri. 
And this is a company that right now has been trying to basically man up to Spotify and they're doing a lot of their own things and they're not really getting the attention yet. Their stock hasn't really, I mean, don't get me wrong. It's been moving, but this is an interesting one. I'm curious what you guys think about Siri. Dad, what do you think about this stock? Yeah, no, we talked about it yesterday. I, I agree. I like the chart. I think it's, um, you know, it's got more upside uh, percentage wise than some of these others we looked at. I think this is a grand slam stock because of where we're heading with audio triggers in the world where we see everything with, you know, talk, to, give me this, give me that. We see this with Alexa, with Siri. That's the world we live in now on another level. And we're going to see startups being built around that type of mentality. So I, I think Siri is set up for the way businesses are structured heading forward with yeah. communication and call to action. Especially when you think of advertising, where that can head with call triggers. I know Gary Vaynerchuk brought that up a couple of years ago. People being able to have their own intellectual rights to specific niches for finding things with audio. I think they're a winner there. I love it, Dan. Yeah. yeah. The one thing with Siri, I, I mean, if you look at the, um, the, there's a ton of shares outstanding in this thing. It's going to take uh, a lot of, uh, buying to move this stock. It's a long-term play. That's not anything that's going to be like a, a week out type of thing. It's I, I will say, and I don't know how, uh, Dad, I don't know how much you really look at this or if it's even a thing to look at, but when you look at the bid size, which is people trying to buy versus the ask size, you got a way bigger number on the bid size. And again, I don't know if that's a pre-market thing or what the averages normally are on this stock, but you got 9,300 at the bid size and 2,800 at the last size, which means there seems to be a lot more demand for the stock than people selling it. Uh, again, though, I don't know if that. Yeah, I, that that's really, um, to me, that would be meaningless because that's only at this particular price. If you move up a penny, you could have the opposite effect. Gotcha. You know, you know that doesn't really mean much, um, you know, in, in the scheme of things. There are people that spend a lot of time um, looking at flows into stocks, like are people more aggressive buying a stock than selling a stock? And when a stock trades on a plus tick, they say that's buying power, even though a seller and a buyer are satisfied. And if, it's, if someone hits the bid and sells the stock to the buyer first, then there's more selling going on in that stock. Gotcha. It's a, a crazy yeah. way to look at it, but the aggressive nature of it is what they're trying to uh, capture with that. The so you can't, too much. Can't Man, put, pull up Chegg. I know we were talking about Chegg. that. I just morning. want to real quick pull up Take Two because I've been talking about them a lot and they're breaking through new levels here. You know, I, I know like every week I bring them up on here. They're an amazing company. They own the Grand Theft Auto franchise along with a lot of other ones. And, you know, they came down a bit off their earnings when they had a good report. And I think them closing above 140 was a big sign for them to break out. If you remember, I said that I liked them getting to over 150. I, I, you know, I, I do have a huge position in this. So keep that in mind when I'm talking about it. But. <laughs> It's, it's been acting really well. There's no doubt about it. Like the last few days, 
it's starting to act really well. Whereas, you know, this is the five day chart and that's just a stock that I'm going to keep talking about because it's going to keep going higher and I'm going <laughs> to keep making a lot of money on it. Hopefully other people have been joining along for the ride. And um, the other thing before I talk about Chegg is, because I know I've been all about the day trading of Penn and it, it, this is incredible right now that it looks like it's going to open close to $34. Who knows if it holds, but if, if you take a close look at, you know, the five-day chart, just to look at the same day volatility, this stock goes up and down, up and down, up and down all day. And it's not by a couple cents. It's You're talking one to 2% moves by the hour. So, you know, I've been just moving in and out of it sometimes three to four times a day and yeah. setting limits. I'm big on setting limits where I'll have a buy limit around the low of the day. And if it's trending on the downside, I'll continue to do buy limits even lower than the current buy limits or even lower than the low points because it's trending down. Same if it's trending up. Like if, if you can kind of see those trends where yesterday you can see like the stock was trending down all day long. Like if you just look at this chart from Thursday all the way through, but along the way it kept testing not new highs, but highs that were smaller and smaller. And if you kind of just followed the trend of the chart, you were buying a little bit lower each time and selling a little bit lower each time. But it, it just moved 1% to 2% all day long back and forth. And that's a really great situation for day trading. And, you know, something that has been working really well for me specifically. The other thing that I was going to think about starting to do today a little bit is these stocks that run up out of control – due to the FOMO effect that go up 180%. If you start to catch them in the downswing and you open up a short position on them and you set a loss limit, which is super important because you'll get squeezed out. You could lose a ton of money on a short. So you want to have a limit where your short automatically turns into a buy order if it gets too high. But if you catch a stock, and I'm going to do this a couple times today and see how it works out, and I'll, I'll try and let everyone know what I'm doing. But if you try and short a stock when it's starting to get on the downside, a stock that broke out 180% in a day for no real reason, once it gets going back down, it really gets going. And you could possibly catch it on an 80 90 100% downswing. And it's a real money opportunity. So again, it's risky. You got to have limits. But I'm looking at that today because my uh, my trading game. I, I want to take it to a whole other level here. Mike, I'll pull up Chegg. Yeah, I'm definitely Chegg. To me, is a long term winner from this pandemic. I'm uh, I'm building as we speak at our menu for our first textbook delivery play with one of our markets. And when you look at what they're up to, for one, textbook rental, but also the notion now of who knows what's happening in the fall with classes and the universities, Chegg is going to be a major part of online classes and connecting the dots there, making sure there's not a gap year with curriculums. So there's no doubt there's a lot going on behind the scene with them partnering with universities and making sure all of these students are able to actually take classes, even if they're not in person. So I, I think this is a good company to look at because I think the narrative has really worked in their favor based on recent unforeseen events with this pandemic. 
And this is a company that's been around for a long time. I remember when I was at University of Arizona, when we were feeling out if Jeff was going to launch the market in Tucson, they had a whole booth set up and they were passing stuff out like we used to back in the day. And clearly they, they've done a lot of great work since then being a public company now. But I, I think this thing has some room to run. Shout uh, out to Nick Moore for bringing this back on the radar earlier. It's got, it's got the flag-like move that dad was talking about that represents some of these other stocks we've been looking at, which possibly means it could be in for another breakout. I mean, dad, what are your thoughts on the chart? Well, it's a little different than the other one in that it was a gap up. I don't know what the news was that day. It went from like 44 to 54. Huge. Without any trading. I don't know if that was uh, earnings. It looks like it might have been or, you know, some announcement. So it's kind of in new territory and it um, consolidated off of that move and then started to move again. I mean, it looks like it may try to make new eyes. Yeah, I like it. I think I'm going to be buying some this morning. And, you know, it's one of those things. I'm building a textbook menu for us like an actual for the bookstore. So Mike, naturally I have to buy this stock. So Mike's talking about for our listeners, our food delivery business that we are delivering for a textbook store and he's building the menu. Just for what, so yeah, on campus. So that'll be interesting. Are there any complicated menu by the way of all time. Are there any sectors that we don't like? I mean, it seems like when we're looking at these charts, our constant narrative is every stock looks like it's set to break out, which obviously scares me. I, again, I think going back to our conversation yesterday, it's important to realize that things could break out for a couple more days and then it doesn't take long for a healthy correction like we saw last week to happen again. Like once the market gets into this zone where it looks like it just only goes up, be careful. I mean, I know that's when I start to be careful. And that's kind of why I like I, I like day trading a little bit more than being all in on margin for long positions right now. I don't want to wake up to a bloodbath when I'm day trading. It doesn't matter what the market's doing. I can move out of short, long, short, long all day long, despite a market being down 1,800 points or up 300 points like it looks like it's going to be today. Day trading doesn't really matter what the market does, but obviously you got to know what you're doing. It's a little bit risky, but that's, yeah, some uh, of the names like you know we talked about Alcoa a few days ago and uh, Credit Suisse, and these stocks kind of hung out. And today they they have a big move up. This this is a good day to uh, maybe make some sales if you're swing trading rather than day trading. Like I held on to Alcoa and Credit Suisse, and I'll probably make some sales today in those names. And, um, you know, it, it's important to take some profits in these up days. So if you're set up and you've been buying on the down days, these are good days to make some sales and then look for another opportunity. And uh, like Dan, I've been trading Penn. And, you know, I, I came in long a little bit. I'm I got an order out there to sell a little bit and then we'll see where it goes. But that is just the phenomenal trading stock. There's a new stock to look at. It's called Germ, G-E-R-M. It's an ETF that is doing all the virus stocks, anything related to treatment or vaccines just came out. So you won't see much on the chart there, but it's- Are you buying some? I'm not buying some, but it's just interesting that, you know, Wall Street develops uh, things that people want, right? 
And obviously people wanted a group of stocks that represent everything going on in trying to cure this virus. So I think their biggest holding is Moderna, you know, at that, least right now. That speaking of that kind of company, guys, CFRX um, is a company that I got in off of a buddy's recommendation that I, it, it's definitely looking interesting. It's obviously volatile, but from what I'm gathering here, this thing has a lot of room to run in the next year. And it's been starting to look good. I don't own that much. Obviously, it's a, a risky play. But if someone's looking for a interesting play in biotech that has a lot of potential really high upside for returns, don't go crazy on it. But that yeah. Yeah, you know, and the other one from the I didn't finish with my Alcoas and whatnot. IBN, which was that Indian bank, has had another nice move today. So if you did get in around, you know, below nine, this is another opportunity to make a sell unless you're in long term. If you've been following our picks for the last month, you're, uh, what? you're in great shape. Kath, come on. Tell mom to watch. Well, Kath and Kath's defense, it's past nine o'clock. So. Yeah. All right. We're, we're going we're gonna to do our final picks of the day here. Um, you know, I'm going to keep day trading pen. I was trading in and out of between three and 5,000 shares all day long, glued to my computer and it gets the juices flowing. Got some good music on in the background, which makes the stock do what I want it to do. And I'm, I'm going to ride that train until it kicks me off. So Bob. Yeah, and I'm going to, I didn't mention it yesterday, but Boeing, I still have been getting in and out of with 10 point swings. And it looks like you're going to get an opportunity to make a sale today in Boeing. Should uh, I just get out of it? I don't think so. Not if you're long term. But yeah, the airlines yeah. look up today. So if you bought any yesterday, it's another good day to take profits. And Mike, you like Chegg. I do like Chegg. Cool. I have to. I'm building a textbook menu. So. <laughs> All right. Well, Dan, give me posted on this uh, pen day trade in here. I want to ride this train. I will. I'm also going to do something different today that I'll tell you about what I was talking about with finding the companies that have squeezed up 180% that are starting their collapse and riding the collapse train, which again, it's all about setting the limits, but looking for a big, big day in day trading. So oh, yeah, I'm amped. Let's, let's, let's get, get it. Let's get it. Have fun. See you guys.